2: Thanks for joining us. This is officially—is this episode twenty-six or twenty-seven? Twenty-six? I think I put twenty-seven in the OBS. Well, yeah, because we, <laughs> like, I don't know what episode or
0: we're on. Post draft show that I—I I can't remember if that was twenty-five of the post draft show or, or something, but that didn't make it up into our RSS feed, so we could be on twenty-seven. But once the pod gets uploaded, it could be 26. Okay, well,
2: welcome to episode twenty-six or twenty-seven. We're not sure. We've lost count. Um, I am your Hi. host Bree Rust at Breezy Clee, and you can see here I am joined by Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View. Brittany, hello. Wave to the people; they can see you.
1: Hi. Hello. Ooh. <laughs> I have my lighting circle today. I actually spent forty dollars on a lighting ring. Ooh.
0: Ooh. Wow. wow. I am spending Perfect. stupid
1: money on stupid things during this quarantine. It <laughs> needs to end. <laughs>
2: we also have joining with us meredith kane you have a zoomed up version of meredith kane at mk on sports oh my
1: god (laughs) there should not be this close in on me i just got closer so you don't feel so paranoid oh thank you Brittany. you're welcome i'm staying
2: far away i don't want you to see my pores (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. um but if you are listening to us via your normal download we actually are live streaming again via the hot mic app so we just wanted to remind you if you haven't downloaded the app please do download the app you can find us using code said. it's b-s-a-i-d it's a free app you can join us live we've been streaming our podcasts it's been a lot of fun people are chatting we're having interactions so we're hoping to keep you guys somewhat entertained Throughout this lockdown slash quarantine, so we're happy to have everybody joining uh, in the chat box. I see Tony Pizza just joined, so it's going to be a good it's going to be a good, <sighs> good
1: podcast. Tony Pizza, my Twitter crush. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, uh, another slow sports week because the draft ended, and we hope that there's a schedule release coming out. We're going to touch on a couple of things, uh, so hopefully we'll be able to talk about that, but. I wanted to check in because we missed you guys last week. We did our live draft recap show. We didn't get it out on audio. So we're hoping to actually get this out on audio tomorrow. But you guys, have you guys been hanging in there? Everything good on your front? It's May, I think. It's May, right? It's probably Cinco de Mayo.
0: I mean, it was like 65 and sunny this weekend. So I went on a run. And then yesterday it was like 40 and cloudy. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) Like, what happened this spring? We, like, backtracked all the way into winter. Yeah. And it's going to snow on Saturday. What? Yep.
1: Literally oh.
2: all day today, I thought it was May 1st. So that's kind of how my day... <laughs> I literally thought today was the first day of May.
1: That I knew today was Cinco to de mayo. mayo because yesterday was Star Wars oh, Day. that's right. It's, oh, I... Nerd, Nerd Day. day. Yeah.
0: A... I mean, today is technically... It is also... A, it's a Star Wars sequel day. Because yesterday was May the 4th, and today is Revenge of the 5th.
2: I don't know what mm. any of this means, you guys. I don't watch Star Wars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she was a jock in high school, okay? She didn't hang out with the nerds. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Well, you could,
0: you could be both. Like, I did I did sports in high school. I was in the National Honor also Society,
2: and I played sports. I got along with both sides, Brittany, okay?
1: I had two friends. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Two. It's okay. Yeah. You have more than that now.
1: That's true. I am I am living my best life right now. Yes. With my lighting. I was ring. gonna say the ring
2: light. You've made it. <laughs> That's
1: all I, I need
0: <laughs> I mean, I've I'm like using the track lighting in my dining room as fake lighting. Cause even Brie was like, Oh, you look better this week and I was like, Yeah, I just like changed the angle <laughs> so the track lighting is like directly on me. <laughs>
2: Oh, everyone, everyone's lighting looks great tonight. So guys, I have to tell you, I had quite the experience over the weekend that I wanted to talk about. And it obviously makes sense with what's going on, but it's a coronavirus related story. So I hope that you guys hang in with me on this, but I was, I was a little bit hesitant to share this actually. And I first shared it on Facebook, which is like, so not me, um, I have Facebook. I literally don't really use Facebook all that much, except to share pictures of my kids so that family, distant family members can see them and keep up with what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I decided last night to share uh, that over the weekend, I went and got the COVID-19 antibody test done, which if you don't know what that is, uh, it's fairly new, so you might not know what it is, but essentially it's a blood work lab test where you can order it, go schedule the appointment, they draw your blood and then you get results back. Essentially, that will tell you if you have a positive result. It contracted the um, hemoglobins of COVID nineteen, which means you would have had um, exposure to it in the past, and it could mean that you have built up some immunity towards COVID nineteen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind a little bit because if you guys recall, we were recording episodes all throughout the month of March and all of us were on lockdown and, um, it was pretty early on when we were recording and I, you know, we were on one night together and I said to you guys, I started getting this cough. I was sucking down cough drops and I was like, I hope that you guys like, don't mind me. I'm going to be like muting myself on and off, um, throughout the night because I had just got this cough and we record on Tuesdays. So it's kind of funny because I remember my symptoms starting based on our podcast recording. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) So I didn't really think much about this when it happened, because it was really the start of coronavirus really ramping up, Uh, I would say, in Ohio slash PA area, which I work in um, Pennsylvania. I I was able to keep track of my symptoms based on our podcast. So uh, I have to say, (laughs) that's what B said. Remember that
1: day when I was like, Brie. remember when you lost your sense of sight?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Remember that day you became blind? Um, yeah, that was the day we reported.
0: <laughs> no. I know she lost all five senses in one day.
2: <laughs> in all seriousness, um, I'm just talking with the tech guy too at the same time. Um, in all seriousness, this my whole symptoms, the onset of my symptoms happened right at the start of coronavirus kind of ramping up in the Ohio region uh, and rain. So, Um, I didn't really think much about it because I didn't want to talk myself into having the coronavirus, if that makes sense at all. And I was working from home, so I wasn't around anyone else. And it was weird. I just had a cough. Then the next day, I just acted normal as if I if I was fine. And then the following day, I started to feel worse and worse in terms of just really achy, pretty tired and fatigued. Still had a nagging cough um, and I had a debilitating headache. Like the headache is what I remember the most. But again, I I was like, there's no way that I have this. It's probably just sinus infection, weather was changing, whatnot. I was talking, pretty much talking myself out of having coronavirus. So again, that takes me to Friday. So I'm like four days in. I start researching and Googling like crazy. And at that point, you know, the, the symptoms were pretty much all the same. It was the fever, the cough and the trouble breathing so again the only thing that I had at that moment in time was the cough on Friday I ended up stopping and logging off of work at around two o'clock and I just laid down uh rested my headache was still really debilitating the only thing that I could get to work on it was um Advil slash Tylenol and I was like lathering myself in peppermint oil so um I don't even know if people can still hear me but hopefully I'm recording the audio that we can use this but um So I ended up falling asleep that night at like 9 p.m. I think I slept until 9 a.m. the next morning. And I woke up and um, still had a really bad headache, but kind of felt slightly better. And I asked my husband to bring me up a banana. (laughs) And I don't know like at what point (laughs) I realized that I didn't have a sense of smell. But I do remember thinking I hadn't showered in like two days. (laughs) and I thought that maybe I should smell myself like I should probably have BO at that point knowing that I hadn't showered and I was just laying in my own filth for two days and I sniffed my armpit (laughs) and I couldn't smell anything (laughs) (laughs) so when my husband brought me my banana I remember peeling my banana and sniffing it and I couldn't smell my banana which I also thought was odd because bananas like they have a really keen smell couldn't smell my banana so then I was like wow, I wonder if I can go smell like peppermint oil because peppermint oil again has a really strong smell. I opened my bottle of peppermint oil, couldn't smell a thing. So then I was like, that's really weird. I wonder if I can taste anything. So ate my banana, took a couple of bites, couldn't taste a thing. So at that point I was like, okay, I wonder if I just had a sinus infection because I've had that, in- that issue happen before where I've had a sinus infection or a cold and then you know a few days later, I've lost my sense of taste and smell. So that day, I I pretty much just laid around. My son ended up waking up, and he had a fever of around 101 that lasted throughout the day. He was pretty lethargic on and off. So he was kind of battling a sickness. I was semi-recovering, or so I thought. So then that takes me to Sunday. Um, I still didn't have my sense of taste or smell back. And that was when the report started circulating around that being the latest and greatest symptom of coronavirus. And I recall tweeting about how I didn't have a sense of taste or smell. And I had so many people send me back articles um, telling me that that was one of the newest symptoms. But again, I just talked myself out of thinking that I had it because I had no idea where I would have gotten it from, whatever. So I ended up calling a virtual doctor on Monday. And my conversation with them pretty much went like, I'm having symptoms of coronavirus, here's what they are. Laid them all out and they pretty much were like, well, have you traveled anywhere? The answer was no. Have you been in contact with anyone that tested positive? I mean, at that point, nobody Mm -hmm. had tested positive. Like there weren't enough tests to have people test positive. So uh, the answer was no, and then she pretty much who I was on call with essentially said to me, act as if you don't have it. It's probably just seasonal allergies, which mind you, I don't actually get seasonal allergies. So I just thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't told to quarantine, to self quarantine, to stay home. Like, none of that was said to me. So I just went about my day and my weeks and that kind of took me to where I'm at today, which I did the antibody testing, um, which can detect if you've had exposure to the virus before. And I got that test back on Sunday, and it came back positive, which means that I would have had exposure to it. And the test isn't perfect, but I did have someone actually message me today who has been part of the case studies for the antibody testing, and she reassured me that if it was a blood draw, uh, it's pretty likely that the test is not going to be a false positive, that it would have picked Mm -hmm. up the... um, whatever it's called, hemoglobins. I don't know the proper terms of all these things. But so that's where I am. Kind of a roller coaster of the last last month and a half for me and my household.
0: So you did have coronavirus, which is what this test tells you, correct?
2: Yeah, essentially, like, I feel like the test has to kind of cover off on both things. So if, if you get a negative test, it doesn't mean that you didn't have it before. It just means that the antibodies weren't picked up. But then on the other hand, they ha- there have been cases of false positives, but I liken it to the fact that I pretty much had a lot of the symptoms, less a fever. So mm-hmm. that's the only time that I've been sick, honestly in the last nine months, respiratory wise.
1: Yeah As soon as you said I lost, you know my ability to taste or smell things like you know, last month, I saw on the news that that was like one of the brand new symptoms that they released. And I was like, Oh my God. And that's such, those are like such weird symptoms, you know, like, yeah, they're so unique. Yeah. And I was like, "Uh Oh, yeah. And (laughs) three, I know. And it's funny,
2: Brittany, that you say that because like you guys were kind of like panicked for me. And then like people that I worked with, like when I mentioned it to them, like it was like nonchalantly in conversation, they're like, Oh my God, like you need to call the doctor you need to do. And I'm like, yeah, but like at that point, testing wasn't available like they physically said to Mm -hmm. me if you're not at risk you aren't having breathing problems and you're not over the age of 60 you're not going to get a test Mm -hmm. so it's just frustrating because at that moment in time I was just thinking like in March well who have I been around who was I in contact with Um, my kids were still in daycare at that point so then I was thinking like my kids could have had it contracted it to all the kids at daycare, their parents. I mean, it was literally just like this domino effect that I had envisioned in my mind of like me being a carrier and passing it on to so many people just because I didn't have the telltale symptoms.
1: Well, when you were still in the office, didn't you say that somebody that you worked with like might've had it?
2: Yes, so there were a couple of people that in in the week prior to our office closing, like, first of all, how stupid can you be? came into the office with a fever. And oh, know, no. And, like, this, God, that's the worst. This was like literally after we were all pulled in together, essentially saying, like, don't come into the office sick. If you have a fever, if you have a cough, mm-hmm. if you're sneezing, it's not worth it, don't come in. And that person decided to come in. There were also a couple of people that had come in, like, a few weeks prior to the virus really taking off. And then my daughter in February woke up in the middle of the night one night with like 102 degree fever and she was gasping for air and like at that moment in time we just thought it was the normal flu but now that I look back at uh-huh. that time I'm like I wonder if she at that moment had coronavirus so just
1: and how how many how long before that did you feel symptoms
2: I felt symptoms it was St. Patrick's Day it was like right when all the bars closed in Ohio. Like it was like that same week, okay. which would have been. I was traveling to LA at the end of February. So, like, I was trying to connect the dots of, like, where have I been? Who have I been around? Where could I have mm-hmm. gotten it from? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like LA, end of February. We went to the Cavs game at the beginning of March um, and then just to work. So, who knows?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I know. Like, yeah, it's Rudy... crazy. And
1: you're. <laughs> Did he like have any symptoms or anything? No,
2: so in my household, it was just me and the little dude. And the other tipping point for me after the loss of my sense of taste and smell was when he woke up like that same weekend with the fever. Then I was like, okay, I can't smell, I can't taste. And now my son woke up with a fever. It was almost like we each had Mm -hmm. symptoms and they were all very different.
0: Yeah, to me, I think like the most appalling thing out of all of this is when you're talking to a nurse And she told you to pretend that you didn't have it. So if you say that to a normal person, like, oh, well, we don't think you have it. So just act like you don't. So if you, I mean, thankfully you're smarter than the average person, Brie, but, you know, to stop that average person, if the bars are still open, I feel okay enough to go out to dinner. Right. And the nurse said to act like I don't have it. So I'm going to go and take my family out to this restaurant. And then suddenly, you know, your server serves you and then your server is going to take it to every other table in their section and they're possibly going to get it themselves. So like, that's just, that is absolutely just mind boggling that the nurse's first instinct wouldn't have been to say, okay, stay at home, quarantine yourself and monitor your symptoms you know, if it gets worse, this is what we can do for you. Because and I told you guys this um, before the pod a few years ago, when West Nile came to America, I actually had um, a mild symptom of it. So I went to the doctor, and I wound up having West Nile. And that's what they told to me was like, I had like two out of the three major symptoms for it. And my doctor said, Okay, well, stay home. I mean, and West Nile is not contagious, human to human, but it was still well, his advice was stay home, rest, monitor your symptoms for the next three to four days. If these things change, we're going to have to hospitalize you. And then if not, you know, you should be able to fight through it. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's just mind boggling to me that that wasn't the advice. Because that was the that I got even when I had a, a virus that wasn't contagious.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think the thing about the, the whole experience really was like at first, at the beginning of March, when it was still fairly new, people were only identifying the virus as like having a really high fever and breathing problems. Like it was pretty much like you will be laying on your deathbed and that's how you know if you have coronavirus. And now obviously it's evolved into so many different symptoms. um, And it just goes to show you that it impacts people in so many different ways. Like I've read people's stories too about Um, someone didn't have any respiratory issues. They literally had like almost like stomach flu symptoms where they Mm -hmm. were throwing up vomiting and it was a cause of his kidneys failing. So it's Mm -hmm. just, I just think it goes to show you that like there's so many people out there that think it's just the flu. And I think it's just such a scary thing to think about because in my instance, I wouldn't have thought anything outside of a sinus infection. And if I wouldn't have been at home how many other people I could have affected or passed this virus on to, even my own parents. Like, luckily, I wasn't around them when this was going on. And I wasn't careless because they're in their 60s. And I personally don't want to live with the guilt of being a carrier and passing that on to someone else and having that impact them um, in a way that could end up in death. Like, I don't want to be that person. So even though my antibodies came back positive, and that means that I – should have hopefully built up immunity to this. I'm still going to take precautions because what they don't know right now at this point is if the immunity, what it means, if it means that you can't contract it again, if it means that it's only for a certain period Mm -hmm. of time. So that's what they're still working on and trying to figure out. So I'm gonna just keep continuing to be careful, wear my mask in public as you all should be as well and continuing just to maintain that social distancing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I'm one of the curious. weirdest things about this whole thing is how differently it affects people. Because, like, some people get it, they don't feel anything. Some people, like, you know, you had it. And it took a while to get over it, but, like, you know, eventually you did. But, like, I know somebody personally that died. Like, it caused so many – They, he went in, he got pneumonia, he got sepsis, he had a, a brain aneurysm, and then he he died. Yeah. All from this. And it's like, wow. And th- the weird thing was was that the best-case scenario – for him, before you know, he went brain dead and everything was that he was going to have to get his both feet amputated and his hand amputated. Like that was best case scenario. Just this was all from coronavirus. It wasn't like you know he had all these underlying health issues. He was a healthy guy in his fifties, and his wife also had it, and she was fine. So it just, I, it's amazing how different it is like per case I can't wrap my head around it. and that's why it's so scary because here with in their 60s now and I'm like okay like if I get it you know I'll probably be fine but like who's to say people that, you know yeah. you don't you don't know that's what makes it so scary and kind of why I'm bad at what we're doing right now but we'll save that for a different plot how's that <laughs> or maybe not at all I
2: know I mean I I think everyone wants things to get back to normal, but I just find it so infuriating and I don't want to make this political by any sense, but I look at Dr. Acton and I have continued to say, like, I stand for her for so many different reasons, but, like, think about this too. Ohio was one of the first states to respond to this and to essentially get ahead of it. And it felt Mm -hmm. like, Those first few weeks of going through this, everybody was kind of banding together. We had this like mentality, like Ohio can get through everything or can get through anything together. And now all of a sudden, I get it. It's been two months and now everybody is frustrated. They want to go back to their normal lives. And I just think like you have to trust the experts in this. Like we're not the experts. There's still so many unknowns about all of this. And I think my experience alone and there's there's been other people, um, that I know personally that have also had this disease that has also impacted their lives pretty significantly that, you know, I don't know, it's it's just all still such an unknown. And I think the more information that we have about it, the better off we are.
1: Absolutely.
0: I know my, um, so my parents live in, so they're in Virginia, they're in um, a suburb that's about 20 miles west of downtown dc and i like call them every day just to make sure they didn't go anywhere they didn't need to because they're both over 65 or no they're both over 60 and my dad's a cancer survivor so he's more susceptible because of that and um they went like shoe shopping two weeks ago and i'm like mom dad like what the (laughs) don't although they they took a little more precautions than normal. Like my, my brother's a running coach and he like works at a running store. So he like wiped down, they were buying running shoes. And so he was like wiping down all the shoes for them and he was bringing them outside of the store so they didn't have to go in. And so he was taking precautions with them and they were taking precautions. But at the same time, um, I yelled at them a little bit because I was just like, <laughs> like, I know you like, cause my both my parents are so active and they think they're like invincible. Yeah. I'm like, you're not, you're, right. you're in a high risk group right now. But they they sure as hell do take advantage of the uh, senior
2: (laughs) shopping hours. hours. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I will say this last thing before when we can move on from the coronavirus. But I will say, like, I actually hadn't been in a public setting since, like, the beginning of March. And I went out to get my blood work done over the weekend for the sole purpose of doing the antibody testing. So that was, like, my first time, like, actually being in a place like not in my car. I've driven places, I've picked up things, but I actually haven't stepped foot in like a public place. And I was like somewhat terrified. I had my mask on, I was keeping my distancing, but like I just, it was such an out-of-body experience for me. And then after I had to run into Target to um, get some overnight diapers for little dude, because he's was another story disaster, but oh, no! I had to... <laughs> you guys, I have so many stories about him.
0: Um, I, hope video, I hope the video wasn't frozen so people could see the look on your face.
2: <laughs> I will just pause there for a minute because I had to laugh. We have, he has this book um, about a monster named nibbles. It's a monster that eats through books. It's a really cute story, except he can't pronounce nibbles. So he runs around all day and says, nibbles, where are you? Nibbles? I can't find nibbles. <laughs> oh
0: god and Meredith's cat just jumped in the frame too (laughs) again every single time so she's such a troublemaker
2: so I ran into Target to grab to pick up the diapers and I had my mask on and it was actually fine like they were very well organized there there wasn't a ton of people but like I was actually floored at the amount of like full-on families there like both parents, young children, not wearing masks. Like, I don't know. Like, I was just like, this is the last place I would want to bring my kids to. So, uh, yeah, I was just shocked because I haven't been in public. So I didn't know what to expect. But it, I guess it I, wasn't that.
0: I've been getting a little stir crazy without having the gym and uh, the at home workouts. I was really motivated for them uh, when the, all this first started. But now I'm like, less motivated for it because to me, like the apartment's kind of like where you come to relax and hang out and just, you know, either zone out or coke or do whatever. So it feels to have the workout mind frame apartment. And so I've been losing moment into workout. I've started running again, which is another story. Um, especially with, uh, my family and everyone being runners. So I started running again and I went to, I want to say last week I ran to Lakewood park and it was packed. It was so packed and people were like not separating. They weren't like doing the, um, the six feet of separation on any of the paths. Like I saw a woman there who had to have been in her eighties, like hobbling around with what was probably her granddaughter. And that woman wasn't wearing a mask and like and I know it's bad like I don't like I'll wear masks when I go to the grocery store and I can't really when I run just it's too hard to run with a mask on but um but yeah to me I was not only that it was just like appalling to see how many people who were clearly high risk not wearing masks and yeah again it was like families and the adults were not making any effort to make sure that their kids were six because like you can't tell a little dude like hey stay stay six feet apart from anyone like he's not going to understand what that means Mm -hmm. and so you have to like as the parent make sure that the kid stays close to you and that you stay six plus feet away from everybody else but nobody was doing that like there were kids in everybody else's bubble there were old people in everybody else's bubble and I'm sitting there thinking like you guys like, I just wanted to make this, like, general, like, get up onto the, like, the steps and just be like, guys, this is not safe. But, you know, who am I? Like, I'm not, you know, like, I'm, I'm not the, the public park Karen or whatever you want to call it. But it was, it was terrifying <laughs> to, like, go to the park and just see everyone acting like we weren't in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, that's enough coronavirus. I think we have to talk Sports. That's what we're here for. We're going to talk some sports. And uh, oddly enough, there really isn't much to talk about. But Brittany, I I want you to weigh in on this because you added this to the the rundown. Obviously, you did the entire rundown today, so thank you for that. But one of the first things you wrote down, and I had to laugh when I read it, was Korean baseball is here. I, I was it so like, much. What? Are we talking? It, about it
1: physically pained me to write that down. I was like, we do not even talk like, about Major League Baseball. We try to avoid that. Can, can 2020 just be canceled already? <laughs> well, there were people on Twitter last night that were like live t- Americans, um, you know, like people I follow, normies, which, you know, <laughs> I like to call it normies. Oh, they were live tweeting Korean who? baseball. Are and are like, latest? oh no, rain delay. And I'm like, you... <laughs> oh, you guys got <laughs> to stop. Sorry,
2: will you repeat that? <laughs>
1: Can I repeat that? What were they live tweeting? Undelay? delay? <laughs> Undelay? No, they <laughs> Oh, it was on delay. <laughs> Rain delay. Rain delay. Undelay Undelay. No, they were like mad that it was and you know oh. what guys? I just if I could just go on a mini rant right now, because this is bothering me. <laughs> and see? Meredith, I know you probably have your own ideas about this, but mm-hmm. let me just get through this real fast. Don't settle like this is what we call settling because you're so hungry for anything sports that you're like, you know, maybe this Korean baseball isn't so bad. Let me tell you, that's a dangerous habit to get into, because once you start settling for things, you start dating homeless people. <laughs> this is what happened. This is the natural progression of things. I did that in my 20s and I'm like yeah he's homeless and he has no job but he's very smart so you start you get in this mentality where you're like okay i could find one thing that i kind of is like a redeemable quality about this and i could like make it that's korean baseball guys and you can't do that to you deserve better than korean baseball all right Meredith, go ahead go <laughs> ahead sound off he's your homeless boyfriend <laughs>
0: yeah so i wasn't necessarily gonna make a case uh to watch korean baseball except i have um i have pledged my allegiance to the seoul heroes or i think they're also known as the kaiwoo heroes as well um that- but i did not wa- <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my God. But I did not wake up at one o'clock in the morning to watch it. But the the case that I will make for Korean baseball and why it is kind of interesting for us is because
2: I can't you guys. <laughs>
1: I promise I have a salient point. the quote that she just said. The case I will make for Korean baseball. <laughs> we are in sad pathetic times. Well, here's what I will say. They because
0: they're the same things that we are at almost the exact same time, and they manage to find a way to bring sports back. So I think that's what we do need to pay attention to is what they're doing, how they're doing it, and whether or not it, you know, affects any kind of positive cases, uh, you know, keeping an eye on if any of the players or the staff or the coaches wind up contracting it, because if we want to bring sports back, which we do, we need to look at a successful model of a country that went through the peak and the valley of the coronavirus and how they managed it. So to me, that's why, it, that's why I care about it, because they have all of their procedures in place and all the things that they— Uh, are doing to make sure that the players and the coaches and the staff and everyone in the stadiums, no fans because there are no fans in the stadiums. But to me, that's what's interesting about it is what they're doing, how they're doing it, and whether or not they're going to be successful. Because for us, that's going to be the blueprint for sports coming back. Listen, the germaphobe
2: in me is not mad about all of the precautions that are going to be taken and like the extra sanitizing and... All of that like i am so excited because when i go back to work in an actual office building they are actually going to clean and vacuum and wipe things down like that unfortunately things mm-hmm. like that didn't happen before so i i am totally good with that
1: yeah when i am in the office which is usually like maybe once a week now they literally every single day the the girl comes in down the doorknob at like 11 o'clock in the morning every day and i'm like yes oh my God, this is a, this is what we need
0: okay so i do want to say that once the virus gets contained and we start to get back to normal one of the things that i do hope we continue doing is the six feet apart in public spaces because yeah. nothing gets yeah. me angrier than people getting in my personal bubble I hate it when I'm like standing in line and the person behind you is like breathing down your neck because uh, newsflash, you're not going to get to the register faster by standing closer to the person in front of you. And if you're going to get that close to me, you better whine and dine me first.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't disagree. I'm with you on that.
0: Like, so like that should be a pledge that we all make that once the virus is contained and hopefully we all get vaccines and things go back to normal, let's stay six feet apart in public places. I like it. That's the that's like the one good thing that has come out of this is people learning about like personal bubble space because I'm yes. very protective of my personal bubble, especially if I don't know you. in public. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't like mean, it.
2: Uh, Brittany, we took a lot of victory laps last week. But I feel like, Mm -hmm. honestly, you should have saved at least one victory lap for your Indians' victory.
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Guys, I don't know (laughs) if this can be totally credited to me, but I'm going to take full credit for it anyway. People were actually
2: mad at you (laughs) for tweeting them.
1: Oh, I know. People hate me. (laughs) (laughs) This this is not news. This is a news for me. You are talking to the worst (laughs) person on twitter hello <laughs> i am the champion of terrible tweets i have receipts all right oh. um but no so i wanted i we haven't been here we haven't done an actual podcast podcast because last time we did like the browns draft recap and stuff but i wanted to give kudos to the indians i'm so 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 proud of what they chose to do they recently decided they were going to pay most of their staff through the end of June, whether there are games or not. And guy, this is all I wanted. So I was tweeting out, you know, I'm going to do this every day until you guys decide what you're going to do. I said, have you paid your employees yet? Because let's be clear. I love sports, but there's nothing I'm more passionate about than people trying to make a living. Poor people, middle-class people, all of that. That's my number one priority in life, really. So, congrats. Indians, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for doing that. I am very grateful, even though it has nothing to do with me. But (laughs) I'm taking full credit for it anyway.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's the right thing to do. And I think... So, yeah. Victory lap. (laughs) And I think it's unfortunate, Brittany, that that you had to tweet at them every single day in order for them to pay their employees. Like, they should have known better than to...
1: You know have to go by the tweet influence but i mean yeah. people were like well what do you think th- oh yeah they're really gonna understand like you know blah, blah blah giving me a hard time for it i was like guys i have a lot of followers so like <laughs> you know if there's people if there's i tweets and people see this you know it brings more attention to it and this is important i want people to get paid for you know it's not their fault that this all happened. And it's not the Indians fault either. But, you know, again, they're billionaires and I don't really <laughs> I am <laughs> never sympathetic towards billionaires. I'm sorry. I'm just not it's i know. not in my DNA to be that me, way. I'm me i me either. I saw
0: um, I saw that Trevor Noah um, is paying his staff because The Daily Show is not currently produ- in production. Of course so Trevor, is,
1: because he, he is, is the- literally
0: the perfect man.
1: Yeah. Like, so if I, I can tre- marry one person, it would be Trevor Noah.
0: Really? So it yeah. wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Andrew Barry or <laughs> we,
1: I cannot wait till the end when we talk about me taking over your bumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: We have to get, we have to make sure we have enough time for that for sure. Oh my so,
1: God. God. You're going to die. Wait. Like, All I together. actually like
2: wish I could be part of this because I was, I was well <laughs> married before the online dating happened. And I am like, kind of sad. I don't get to swipe.
1: Okay, so... No, so we'll talk about it After we get through the okay, sports, we'll okay. get into it. All right. I know, I'll give you a preview. this deserves its own segment. Okay. Wait, we will. So we'll
0: give you a quick preview. Um, how does Maddox act when you get him a brand new toy? Because that's how Brittany acted when she had her <laughs> phone and was playing with my Bumble.
2: <laughs> it was very exciting. Oh, gosh, I'm jealous. <laughs> Brittany, can you sign up and I can... Don't
1: worry, we will ambush Meredith one day and take over her Bumble. Yes.
2: Okay, yeah. all right, all right. We'll we'll save time for that. Can I what? Wait, I want to sign you up, and then I can yes. manage your account. So you manage Meredith, and I manage yours.
1: Maybe. You know, I don't think that'll be necessary. <laughs> <laughs> I am off the market, Brie. All okay, right.
2: Okay. 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 Oh, is that breaking news? I don't want to out not you. Breaking
0: news.
1: Okay. I'm dating Donald Glover. Everyone knows
0: this. <laughs> you heard it here first. So, okay so if you talk to so if you talk to donald glover and tell him like listen hey this is for content this is for science i'm going to
1: create a bumble <laughs> for science <And> so- <laughs> he might understand he's kind of busy so i don't get talked to him that often but you know
0: <laughs>
1: yeah all right all right so what other sports okay, are nice. we talking about tonight so- ladies I don't have the rundown. We're going to talk of about me. a couple. I forgot what i put I'm drinking margaritas. There's actually
2: <laughs> NFL things to talk about here, and a couple of things. Mm-hmm. So first, the NFL is releasing the schedule on Thursday at 8 p.m. Like they're going to make it a thing. Which of course, why wouldn't they? Because the draft just like obviously dominated from a viewership standpoint. So of course, yeah, like
0: 15.1 million viewers or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it was insane. So let's
2: release the schedule live so everybody else can tune in because there's literally nothing to watch, which I will say I'm excited about. But I. I really find it very hard to believe that they're going to be able to commit to actually playing these games.
0: Yeah. They, so they said that they had um, contingency plans in place and I have a feeling that those contingency plans are probably going to turn into the plan A's because at the rate we're going like as of right now, like training camp should be starting in like six weeks But we're, you know, I don't think we're going to be ready to have that amount of people because even if you take the fans out of it, because for the Browns specifically, they allow fans into training camp for free, which, by the way, is super awesome. Not every NFL team does that. So kudos to the Browns for doing that and having been doing that for years and years and years. But um, that's a lot of people and you're not going to be able to have those mass gatherings. And then if we're still under the you know, like you can't have more than 10 people. Like, there's going to be a 90-man roster that they have to cut down to 53. Yeah. So if they all can't show up, like, how are they going to evaluate, you know? So that's – so I think those NFL plans are going to be – but it's nice that I, – I kind of like that they are releasing the schedule because it does give us a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. I think it gives us something to look forward to. And for me personally, I have been – dying to know whether or not the Browns are playing on Thanksgiving Thanksgiving this year. Yes,
2: I know. Yes, Yes.
0: because the Cowboys are on the schedule for the Browns this year. So that so I'm I'm looking at this. The Cowboys could either be facing there are two possibilities. I think they're either going to be facing the Eagles on Thanksgiving or they're facing the Browns. And I want to know. So I'm like, I'm, I'm excited for the schedule to come out, even though I know that the way they're releasing it is probably not going to be the way it turns out. But. You know, I think if we're looking at down the road this is going to happen, hopefully it'll help give people hope and maybe help motivate them and encourage them to continue with, you know, being smart and social distancing and not making unnecessary runs out in public, you know, for at like to like the stores and stuff like that. So I like it. Some people don't, but I'm I, I am pro the NFL releasing their schedule on Thursday.
1: Yeah. I think it'll be it'll be fun. To To see it. Just because, again, people are, like, so hungry for content and sports. And, like, you know, this is just a way to do... I don't know if it's actually going to happen. I mean, you think of all the things standing in the way of it. It's like... Ah. Guys, I really don't know if we're going to have sports again this year. Don't
2: say that, Brittany. Also, I...
1: I'm really... I'm in a, I'm in a place right now. Are you just in trying my mind.
0: to,
2: like, essentially get yourself prepared for if that happens? Because... Yes. I always get myself to a place where I stay optimistic, almost to a fault. Yeah. Where then I end up just being extremely let down because my hope just continues to build. Like I always am, just hanging on to a thread. And right now, I am.
1: I feel like that—that that should be the the uh, description of our podcast.
2: <laughs> hanging on by a thread. <laughs> yes. So I have not. No, let, I haven't know, let, let my hopes go away yet. I. I'm just, I'm holding on to a piece.
1: It's just so hard for me to picture a scenario.
0: I mean, at the very least, the restrictions on the number of people in a gathering is going to have to be lifted because, you know, like I said, an NFL roster has 53 men on it. So that's going to have to be a thing. And I I truly hope that they don't lift those restrictions early just for the sake of sports, because that is going to set us back so far because we could because like we saw what happened with Rudy Gobert and, and the jazz like yeah. he like because he tested positive and like a domino there were like half a dozen other people including a head coach in the NBA that all tested positive and NBA teams are a fraction of the size of NFL teams so could you imagine right. you know if they lift those restrictions and then you know say a quarterback gets coronavirus like how like he's touching that ball everybody else is touching that ball they're all tackling each other like that's gonna, bless you, That's gonna spread like bless wild. <laughs> that's gonna spread like wildfire. <laughs> so, there. Yeah, there's a lot of things that need to to happen or in order for sports to happen. But I think the draft kind of gave us a little. I don't know. Like it gave, gave us a little boost, a little, you know, little push forward. So that's why I'm. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> like that's why I'm not upset about the re- schedule being released on Thursday. I'm
2: like envisioning the NFL. Like okay. So a couple of things here about the NFL. First, they they're a billion-dollar industry, essentially, but they still haven't quite figured out the whole ref refing situation, right? Like, they still can't get calls yeah. right. But leave it to the NFL to develop, like, a sanitary way to play football. Like, they will, like, develop a, like, Lysol-infused ball, right? Where, like <laughs> – Every throw will give off these, like, protection against, like, viruses for the corona. Like, they will do something to be able to play football in order to make money. Like, the refs, like, inside, like, their flags that they're throwing, it'll be, like, a Lysol bomb.
0: Like, it'll like, actually,
2: maybe we should create this
0: because, like. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, every, like, every player, they're going to have to have a little bit of your blood, Brie, because you've got the antibodies. Oh, my
2: God. So. OBJ. Baker Mayfield, Miles, Nick Chubb. I will give you my blood if we can play football. Have it.
0: We'll just like we'll just have like and it'll like and since you're so tiny, you'll be like
2: I'll be slowly dying. (laughs) For the sacrifice (laughs) and greater good of Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry, let them live.
0: They'll literally be vampires, like taking your blood. (laughs) oh my god oh god you're the key brie you are you are the key (laughs) to fighting the coronavirus and to bring the nfl back
2: i will sacrifice myself for all of you we appreciate you
0: we appreciate you anyway
2: (laughs) speaking of miles garrett uh Mm -hmm. news was released today that he could potentially be the highest paid defensive end in the upcoming years at 25 million a year
0: yeah. And what was great about that was so Adam Schefter was talking about that on NFL Network this morning. And he said that, well, two things that he said that I really liked. First off is that Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski and just the, the organization itself, their opinion of Miles Garrett has not changed because of the helmet Yay. incident. Like they are yes. still high on Miles Garrett. They still love him. They still respect him as a person and think that he has a good character. So that whole incident hasn't changed the Browns opinion On Miles Garrett. And secondly, the one of the things that Shefty did say was that um, $25 million a year is going to be a hefty price for Miles Garrett, but he said Mm -hmm. and the fact that he's sitting there saying like, yes, pay this man, pay this man, like Jimmy D pay the man.
2: Yeah. And then, okay. So on the flip side of that, well, first of all, Miles Garrett, I believe is one of the only um, he was drafted in 2017. He's one of the only top 10 draft picks that got um, picked up the fifth year option, which I find very interesting. So the Browns didn't screw that up. Number two, on the flip side of all Hashtag of this, games, is that the Steelers for some reason have identified Mason Rudolph as the heir apparent <laughs> throne to Ben Roethlisberger. Which is just like, uh, oh. What are they doing? I mean, this isn't, this, this like, is good for us.
1: As I was writing this in the rundown, I was laughing as I was typing it. <laughs> the heir to. Imagine, like, what kind of shit lottery did you win that you're the heir to Ben Roethlisberger? Ew. I... <laughs> did you guys see the picture of him when he killed the bear?
2: No. No. Who?
1: Ben Roethlisberger. He killed did you not see that photo that was, like, floating around Twitter? No, I didn't. No. Oh my gosh. So, like, I guess it was a recent pick. It had to have been a recent pick because his beard was out of control and he looked <laughs> was he <the> terrible. Bear? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Apparently, Big Ben went hunting and he killed this giant black bear. Ew. This is a real Ew. thing. And then he took a photo next to it because he's a terrible human. Oh my God. I think aren't black bears like, aren't they endangered? I thought they I were. Don't, I don't know if it was a black... I mean, it was a black bear, but I don't. it might have been like a grizzly bear or something. Something that should not... Ben bought, Roethlisberger had no business killing.
0: Yeah. He what did if...
1: Because he's a worthless piece of crap. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: That's the truth.
0: God. Oh, that makes me so mad. I mean, if I didn't dislike him, I don't want to say hate, Sorry, guys, but if I didn't hate him yes, <laughs> Yeah. If I didn't, like, hate him before... God...
2: I'm trying to find this picture. Oh, that's so funny. I Are there
1: any quarterbacks in the NFL that are like less likable than Steelers?
2: Mm, that's a good question. I actually hate Aaron Rodgers. I, he's Um, I think
1: Ooh. Yeah.
2: I I know Have we talked about that before? I think maybe a little bit, but I just feel like Aaron Rodgers for whatever reason gets a pass from like everyone that he is like just yeah. great quarterback. He can do no wrong. Nothing is ever his fault but I feel like he's just a huge diva
0: for me. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. I Mm, do not like like Jimmy either. Oh God. I see this. Um, Yeah. So um, like I have, I've seen stories of Jimmy G like doesn't tip when he goes to restaurants, which is like absolutely absurd. Like I feel like no tip is worse than, I mean, no tip is worse than being a stingy tipper. (laughs) You know, like I would rather get a 10 cent or 10% tip from LeBron than get a 0% tip from Jimmy Garoppolo. And I've also heard that, I mean, because we have friends that cover the 49ers, he's a little bit of a womanizer. And I just, uh, of course he He is. So I just, yeah. So I I don't know. I wouldn't say that he's more unlikable than the Steelers quarterbacks. But when we're talking about unlikable quarterbacks, like Jimmy G is up there for me.
1: Hmm. Mine is definitely Ben Roethlisberger and Jameis Winston, of course. Oh, Jameis, of course. No, my Jam- nightmare that won't end. Both <laughs> of them.
0: <laughs> I mean, Ben Roethlisberger might end soon, but then you're gonna have to deal with yeah. Mason Rudolph, who's just as exactly. bad. Honestly, I can't. So Mason, Mason Rudolph looks like he was the type of person that gave kids swirlies mm-hmm. in high school. Like, yeah, he he looks like that guy. He. He's like the, um, like the villain, like the, ho- what should be the hot boyfriend in those like '90s teen rom com- rom coms, except Mason Rudolph is not attractive, so he would never have been there. But he's like super tall, he's like six five or something like that, and just a total meathead. So just
2: yeah, gross. All right, yeah. so I we have to get to Meredith and Brittany, the bumble takeover. So the last <laughs> mm-hmm. thing I want to talk about here is the last dance, which. I have to say, I, Meredith and I were chatting, uh, Brittany, before you logged on with us earlier, that like I have thoroughly enjoyed this documentary. It has been so good on Sunday. Like, thank goodness I have something to look forward to on Sunday nights.
1: No, I'm with you. But I didn't watch this past, like, the two episodes on Sunday this past time. Oh, you haven't? And it was only because I was just not in the mood to be sad. (laughs) And I knew it was the Kobe Bryant episode, and I was like, you know what? I just have to to mentally prepare for this one. And I wasn't mentally prepared on Sunday, so I did not watch it. But I do have some thoughts. Are you guys ready for them? Yes. On the documentary as a whole. First of all, I do not like... I get the, you know, the GM... What was his name? Jerry whatever... Krause yeah Jerry Cross. okay I get that he's like you know sort of like an egomaniac and he has like little man syndrome and all that stuff and he needs his ego fed but I it makes me kind of upset that Michael Jordan like hates him the way he does because he did he did everything to make that team you know what I mean like that drives me crazy and, and all he does is make fun of him and poke fun at him and you know. That's one thing that drives me crazy, number one. Number two, Dennis Rodman is probably the most fascinating athlete of all time. (laughs) And I'm so sad that we didn't get to talk about him last week because I really wanted to, I could spend an hour talking about Dennis Rodman. Yes. Like he's just, also like, he was like good looking, I think. (laughs) Like, I he know, did it for me.
2: I forgot that him and Carmen Electra were dating. Like I forgot about yeah, that period yeah. of time.
1: Like and then Madonna like begged him to get her pregnant. Like oh this God. dude was a king. I he did it all. I
2: love the fact that he was like, I need. Like he pretty much like invented a mental health day. Right. Like at one point he was like, I yes. need a vacation. I have to go. Yes. Like I have to go on vacation.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he just it, went in the middle of the season. He's like, I need. I need to get. I. Put in my time, you know, while Scottie Pippen was gone. Cool. I did what I had to do. I need a vacation. And, like, he just, you know, went off to Vegas for 48 hours, which I would love to see the footage of him in Vegas for 48 hours.
2: (laughs) I I will also say, too, like, I do appreciate, though, that he openly spoke about how both Michael and Scottie essentially accepted him for who he was. Like, that was very refreshing to hear, especially – at that age, like in the 90s, like you didn't see mm-hmm. guys like Dennis Rodman. Like that wasn't the norm. No. Um so I like I appreciate the fact that he was exactly who he was supposed to be. Himself, he didn't yes. change for anyone. They they respected him because he was good and they knew that they could still count yeah. on him even if he didn't go about it in conventional ways. So man, I'm so glad that they filmed this. I think like it's it's just been such mm-hmm. a such a a great thing like understanding like everything like behind the scenes and I'm with you a little bit Brittany on like the whole dogging Jerry but like it's it's interesting because it wasn't just Michael it was like all of them and I do feel for Scottie Pippen too because I, I do feel like they like royally screwed him and he was actually one of my favorites oh my gosh growing up, watching I know him. right <laughs> um so that's like really disappointing to see like how he essentially wasn't getting paid based on his potential.
1: Yeah. No, I totally agree. I feel terrible for Scotty. That was... And, like, when he talked about his dad having a stroke at the dinner table in front of him and, like, his 30 siblings, it's like, oh, my God, this guy. Yeah. What a story.
2: I really liked, in this week's... The Kobe, they didn't... I mean, they touched on the Kobe thing a little bit, but I... I was surprised they didn't spend more time on Kobe. Um, It wasn't, it didn't really dominate the episode as much as I thought it would, but they did touch on, which I was really hoping they'd get into, the whole Nike, Michael Jordan um, deal and how that came about, like very interesting. Like I love learning about how these companies sign the athletes, how they get to that spot because he was not interested at all in signing on with Nike. He wanted to be with Adidas, which I thought was like, C- incredible oh, knowing man. now like what the jordan brand has become
1: Yeah, have really oh my gosh so yeah,
2: you'll I know. you'll find and, that very interesting
0: and we have to talk about like what a queen mama jordan is because the reason that michael took even a meeting with nike in the first place was because his mom told him you need to take this meeting you're dumb if you don't take this meeting and so he did. And he signed with Nike and sneaker culture was changed forever from that moment. Like mm-hmm. Mama Jordan is responsible for sneaker Air culture. Jordan. Like she is, the, she is the queen. So let's just like, I think that feel, I feel like that has gone a little underneath the radar in that Michael Jordan's mom is one of the reasons why sneaker culture is so huge. Like she helped launch. Bond- with Michael taking and forcing him to take that meeting with Nike. Um, And I, I almost wonder with the, what was it? I think it was episode five. They started with Kobe. Um, I'm almost wondering if they had more Kobe in the documentary, but then after the helicopter accident and they decided to release it. I wonder if they took a lot of that out just because there was, it was, it was very brief in the beginning of the episode. Um, They had a little interview snippet with him. They showed a few clips um they showed michael jordan trash talking him and calling him that little laker boy which
1: oh my gosh yeah (laughs) so
0: like so i think they like included those things because it's important but i'm almost wondering if they re-edited that episode to scale back the kobe stuff just because they know how sensitive that information is um and especially with how recent that accident was so that i i'm all if that was supposed to be like the kobe kobe episode and instead it turned into i think that was like the the gambling episode like the guy with the mullet and that weird quarters game that I still don't understand the rules for.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, but it was was still really good. So, Brittany, when you sit down to watch episodes five and six, I would say emotionally prepare yourself for about six minutes of Kobe. And then it moves on.
1: I can do that. I can handle that, I think.
2: Speaking of, before we get into the Bumble app, um, Brittany, I know you have to pour one out for... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, don't make me do this. <laughs> I thought we were just gonna skate right past it. She was hoping. <laughs> Although I did wear my Notre Dame sweatshirt in, in remembrance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Poor Deshaun. Do we have to we have to have arms and the background?
1: It's time to pour one out for Deshaun Kaiser. I <laughs> uh, today he got cut by the Raiders. Which, I don't even know how that happens during this time. <laughs> how like what, They woke up this morning and they're like, okay, today's the good day to cut Deshaun Kaiser. You know, like, there's nothing going on. Why did you have to do this today? But, yeah, it happened. Um, guys, I don't know that he'll land anywhere else. I, I don't know. I thought
2: maybe, though... It would heal your heart a little bit because when I logged onto Instagram this morning, Colin Sexton posted like three videos of him working out. (laughs) And I was like, Oh look, there's Brittany's babe. Did you see him?
0: Was he was he playing with his brother?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was like laughing because he was on one of those old school bikes where like it had the hand I was like, What are you doing?
1: (laughs) People still have those. I was like, (laughs) Yeah. Everybody my else is recording themselves
2: on a Peloton and he's on oh the God. air wheel. <laughs> <laughs> like My dad still that's has one had, of those. Um,
1: yeah. Bri, I, I literally laughed when I saw that because I, the first thing I saw was that you liked it. And I was like, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I was going to say those, those air bikes. That's what I used when I was in physical therapy. When I had oh, yeah. a short discus or like the little, or, the best like one. the he arm was- and the leg. He also yeah. like
2: dubbed himself yeah. to like music. Yeah. <laughs> it was like just such an odd combination because he had this like go hard music back to this like air bike
1: <laughs> so anyway oh that, that
2: made my morning i have to say and Brittany, i almost tagged you in it, it so i was like good. i need to make sure Brittany
1: sees Jesus, as done. soon as i looked at that i saw that you liked it i was like yes <laughs> brie likes it. this is so funny he's on an air break like where do you even find those in 2020 yeah, like, gar- so that he yes. was
2: recording himself like yeah it, i have so many questions about things like that but
1: i love him so much but he's yeah that took wholesome. the sting out of sean kaiser a little bit yes just a little he's bit not he's all right
2: also happy birthday KPJ. it was yesterday He's twenty. Oh yeah. Twenty. He's twenty. God. No, I don't
1: even want to talk about it. All right. Just stop. Imagine can't even being twenty. Drink
2: during quarantine.
1: Imagine being born in two thousand.
2: Holy crap! That's right. Yeah. Ugh. Forgot what
0: Gross. year. Close. Oh my god. I just feel. I just felt really old just then. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. Let me go take my metamucil.
2: All right, ladies. Speaking of metamucil, that's mm-hmm. okay, on your team. <laughs> <laughs> part of your dating, your dating profile. <laughs> Brittany, explain. What has been going on? Who are the suitors? I need to know everything.
0: Well, first off, I think Brittany should talk about her Bumble experience. It's right. your first time playing with it. An- are you ready? So, this is yeah. what happened. I don't
1: think you've ever played with Bumble before, right? I once had Bumble for three hours. <laughs> um, like a year and a half ago, I think. And then once I realized that I would have to message these people, I immediately deleted it. I was like, I can't do that. So that was it. That was the end of Meme Bubble. So that was that was that. Um, so yeah. What had happened was on Saturday I was off being a super athlete, of course, per usual, <laughs> as I am on weekends. I was running routes and playing catch and making everyone look foolish on the football field. Oh my and after I worked up such an appetite, we got pizza, me and my friend. And we went over to Meredith's house afterwards. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Meredith, let me let me let me have your phone. Let me see your bumble. And like a fool, I just said, sure, Brittany, here, have my phone. She let me have this thing for like an hour. And how many matches did I get you? Um because here's the thing, Brie. Obviously, you've never done Bumble. I know Bumble nothing, or don't know.
2: and I want to know everything.
1: Okay. Okay, so Bumble is this app where it's kind of like the women make the first move, correct? Like, that's a thing? Yeah. Like, men can go on it, and they can... Sw- swiping left means you don't like them. Swiping right means you're interested. So the men are swiping? So...
2: Just to be clear. Bo- both yes.
1: people are swiping. The men, okay, yeah, yeah. Both are swiping. Yeah. But, like... So when I would look through Meredith's like potential suitors, I would say, okay, Meredith is a queen and she is not allowed to settle. Again, <laughs> Korean baseball. No settling. I was like, they must be kings and funny and you know, there were certain stipulations. Like if they didn't have any information at all, I was like, okay, screw them, they're out. If they look like serial killers, I was like, Okay, you're done. <laughs> Um, so we had to
0: swipe left for guys that only wore hats, sunglasses, or both because someone who wears a hat or sunglasses or both in every single one of their pictures is hiding something. Yes. Like me,
1: like I'm always hiding my roots, which I'm doing right now. (laughs) I need to also do that. So, (laughs) but yeah, so um it was very successful i probably like i would swipe left on meredith like good guys that i would see like they had to be like you know relatively cute seem like normal people not sociopaths um had something interesting or cats that was a big one for me <laughs> and like that i was like okay like they are allowed to talk to her and <laughs> funny enough Bree. Almost everyone that I swipe swiped right on already matched with her. Like they were like, okay, they were just waiting for her to accept them. So yeah, I am now in charge of Meredith's love life. Yes, that's, and that's the truth. I feel like I'm gonna be really good at it. Yeah. So I'm next
0: shine in this role. Next time, <laughs> um, I think so <laughs> there was one or two that I actually had to delete. One of them I recognized because he was someone who um Oh no, he. How do I put it? He he came at me on Twitter a few times, um, like a year, year and a half ago. Like he was like really aggressively obnoxious towards me on Twitter. And so yeah, so when I saw that profile, I was like, oh god, unmatched. And then I tried to say sup because that was the line, (laughs) and Bumble wouldn't let
1: me. Now now wait a second, Bree. If a man were just to say. Sup to you, wouldn't you be like, yeah,
2: (laughs) okay, is it just like, (laughs) is it just like sup without a question mark, or is it like sup?
0: So, when I did it, I did it like I did all cap with a question mark, sup. (laughs) That's how I did it. I think it was too aggressive because Bumble said no.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, no
0: game. All right. That's true. I have a story about a friend of mine, um, from back in DC. He's a very attractive person. He is now married, but for the longest time, uh, he, he was single for a very long time. Uh, and he had a lot of game and anytime we would go out to bars, we'd always go out in big groups. Like it was never like just the two of us. It was always uh, a big group of our friends. Cause we had a, probably about 15 people in our group. We would go out and I swear, he would just like go up to girls in the bar and be like, what's up boo. And it
1: worked. I'm telling you, he says, it works on me every day. And it sup <laughs> is the best.
2: You're gonna have so many people sliding in your DMs now with just sup,
0: Brittany. <gasps> FYI. Well,
1: let's be clear. It only works on me if one specific person is saying it. It's okay. not like you know any Dale could message me and be like sup, and I'd be like, hey, baby. Like that's not gonna happen. But uh, sup is the best. Another one is how you live it. Okay. How- yes. Okay. I'm never tried that one before so i've only seen donald glover do it but it was great
2: all right everyone that wraps up this week's episode of that's what be said it was fun make sure you subscribe to us uh, however you find your podcast via apple spotify or stitcher again please rate and review us we love hearing your feedback and as i mentioned earlier you can find us now live on the hot mic app we will be streaming our podcast recordings to be able to chat with you live see your comments and your feedback in real time. We will continue to share. So make sure you download that app again. It's HotMic, and you can use code B to sign up and follow us. We will talk to you guys next week.